Hello, everyone, and welcome to the last episode of Wednesday Night Live of this year, 2022. What an honor it has been to serve the Lord with you throughout this past year. And it's my privilege to especially greet and thank the members of this church, the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas, as well as our many, many family members, our partners in the Saints Network across this great nation of ours and throughout many locations that God has chosen amongst the nations of the world. You know, um, I was thinking about this year, this past year. Pardon me. And was remembering the the dynamics of what God has been speaking throughout the year. I remember that at the very beginning of the year, the Lord gave me a dream wherein I saw in a a uh, it's not really a banner, but it was letters above our platform that said great favor and um, it wasn't a banner because there was no material that these letters were on they were just free free floating in perfect order and I excuse me I I haven't been speaking too much uh, projecting too much this morning and my sinuses are still trying to wake up I'm not sick I'm just doing what I do in the mornings um, and I, I remembered that dream because it it spoke about the fact that God was extending His grace, what His breakthrough strategies were and are, and that we were partnering in this grace and that it was going to be megas. It was going to begin to extend... Uh, into places that the Lord has ordained. And that's really been a wonderful partnership uh, in the timing of the Lord leading to this point. We know that in the year to come, there are magnificent opportunities for the message God has given us. And um, as we as we look into the conclusion of this current year and into the next calendar year, uh, it, it's kind of strange to say that because we have we have clearly um, separated the notion of the calendrical year with truly the year of the Lord. We we have always recognized that as intercessors, that new year in in God's timing really begins somewhere in the first part of November. At least that's the that's the uh, the timetable God has had us on as the saints. And and really the it does make sense because before. 
something happens in the natural, there has to be something that has occurred in, in the spirit. You have to intercede voices before there is a, a breakthrough of any kind in the natural. So it makes sense that an intercessor would be a forerunner before the 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 advent of the of the new year actually manifests itself in in the natural. <clears throat> but as as we're looking into what God has promised for this new year, there's there's one thing that has been preeminent in my heart, and that is the necessity of the presence of the Lord. I thought of a number of different passages as I was praying that could highlight this. But for our purposes today, we're simply going to look at a well-known passage in Exodus chapter 33. And we're going to read this through and then we're going to talk about some particulars of it which have meaning for us. So verse 12 of Exodus 33 says, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say unto me. That's interesting that he says see, ra'ah. It's, it's, uh, it's really discussing the pathway that's ahead. Bring up this people, and you've not let me know who you will send with me, yet You've said, I know you by name, and you have found grace in my sight. <clears throat> now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, that I might find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And God said, my presence shall go with you, and I will, nuach, I will be, surrounding you with my spirit. And he said unto him, If your presence does not go with me, don't take us up from here. For wherein shall it be known here that I and your people have found grace in your sight? Is it not in that you go with us? So shall we be separated, I and your people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. It seems to be a recurrent thought here, right? And he said, I beseech you, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my tobe pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of Yahweh before you, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But you can't see my face, for there will no man see me and live. Now, then you know the cliff to the rock. We're not talking about that today, but that's where it comes in the sequence. Pardon me. <clears throat> now, there's a couple of recurrent themes here that are important for us. The first is to have the presence of God go with us. And this is this is the same word translated as face. It, it is the circle of God's ways. We've done studies about this in the past. 
But it really does speak of God being near, us being with him, quite similar to Emmanuel, and um, really engaging in what his ways are communicating. Um, the issue of grace in thy sight, you know, Noah, and uh, we've studied about uh, grace in the eyes of the Lord. We've, we've talked about that in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, but this is grace in thy sight, ayin. And remember when we studied about ayin and we talked about how that it is a letter also that designates 70 and it speaks about those who would guard over um, guard over things with a with a view and alignment with grace um, that's what God gives when you dwell and cherish within his presence when you dwell within his presence and cherish it I should have said it that way and that I know thee by name in other words you've come into a partnership with God you're on a name basis and uh, it, God, of course, God knows all of our names, but to know you by your name is a different designation. And then Moses talks about show me your glory, and we've talked about that, how that you're going to be hidden in a place of intercession and the glory of God is going to manifest itself. You may not understand everything that's going on. God's going to cover you with the palm of his hand. Uh, you're going to be partnering with him in that placement, that divine placement. And then once you've gone through, you will gain insight as to many of the things that have happened. And you will benefit, you will learn, you will then be able to teach. Um, that's the principle there. But the issue for us is that verse 19 my tobe will pass before you. What God's original good, what his intent from the foundation of the world will be there. And um, I will also begin to speak in mercy and communicate the steps of grace. Those are the things that you're going to participate in within the bonds of my presence. But how it all plays out, I don't need your counsel. I, You know, how it all plays out, your, your position is to partner with my hand, to be in the, the cleft of the rock that I place you in. You're partnering with me there. You, I'm going to work my work and but but it's imperative that we have this partnership as it's happening. But God doesn't need your counsel. And you're not on a par with him in that regard. You will partner with him. But when it comes to telling you everything that's going to happen, uh, to get your opinion on things as it goes, uh-uh. That's not going to be. So, we definitely want the privilege of, of 
being in, in the deliberation of his tobe, how it's being brought forward according to his plan, our step-by-step maneuvers with Adonai. Um, it, we definitely need to be empowered in those steps, which is what sight would entail. We, we definitely would need to be uh, in commune with the Lord and his mercy and to be willing to grow in grace and to step forward from glory to glory. Those things are necessary. But the most important one of all of them, that the most vital to the process, the one thing that will enable these processes that I've just been speaking of from the Word is His presence. If we don't cherish His presence, if we don't do whatever we must to dwell there and to appreciate His presence with all of its nuances, and, you know, it's, it's a unique thing. It's a relationship with the God of all things. Sometimes his presence will overwhelm you. It will surprise you at different times of the day. At times you wonder where he is. At times you search for him. And all of these are facets of this relationship with God. But the key to all of it is cherishing the process and wanting him in every sequence of this. You know, I, we've been in this a long, long time, almost 30 years now. Well, well it's 25, 26. <clears throat> and I know a, a lot more about how people respond to the visitation of God than I did at the beginning. When God first in a honeymoon kind of a way, imparted to us this calling of being saints with diversities of tongues and all of the ways that the intercession has evolved. Um, you can say that there are other churches who have this. I'm not saying that bits and pieces of it aren't happening. But to me, there is a signature of what the saints are. And I remember that was one of the things that I had to negotiate. Well, it wasn't negotiating. I had to surrender it to the Lord. Um, we would not ever again be a normal congregation in the spate of what everybody else thinks. And I certainly wasn't going to be in 
competition with everybody else, trying to trying to come up with the newest, the latest to keep people. Because even if you've got people, there is still the strategy in every church to keep people. That's a fool's game. Because that leads you down the path to competition and corporate identity and not relationship. And as I've said many times, that's what has destroyed many moves of the Spirit. That's what destroyed the Latter Rain movement. That's what destroyed different denominations that were birthed in the, the outpouring of the Spirit. When you get to a point where you stop being pioneers and you become settlers, um, without being pioneers as well, you, you basically begin to decline. So, I know that early on God said that we were to be an entity as saints, according to what the scripture says in Daniel and in throughout the New Testament, throughout the Old Testament, in the book of Revelation. This is a, this is a, is a repetitive mention that's euphemized or overlooked by most of the church. But it is a significant group. And, um, I, you know, we, we were called to do that, but we were also called to make disciples of this in nations and to be an apostolic voice to those in denominations who would receive it. I don't think we've even begun to see that yet. Now, we're seeing it into the nations. We are sowing it into churches. We're sowing it into prayer groups. And it truly is remarkable the way the Spirit has done this. But we're still in the fledgling stages. Um, the seed looks like it's dying. But that's the sign of life and it it's very it's a very unique thing to partner with the presence of god some people in the stages of his mercy and the stages of his grace they give place to bitterness they give place to competition they give place to offense they lose their place in god in their commune with him because their expectations of what that will yield to them um, is, is their own mindset, their own counsel. And God said, I'm not having any of that. I've seen so many people over the years who would, would have an idea that if I do this, God's going to do this. Or if I do this, I can climb the ladder and be a headline name. I, I've seen people who have thought that God was going to, in their own thinking, God was going to provide this or provide that. And when those things didn't materialize, they abandoned him. You say they still love him. I don't know what their place is in him. I don't know. Only God can judge that. But as far as the invitation of moving in his presence, in the depth of of who he is, that was gone. You know, there's a difference between the presence of the Lord and the glory of God. We've studied this, the face of God and the glory of God. 
There's a difference between the presence of God and sensing him or feeling the spirit. They're all wonderful, but there's a big difference. This issue of his face, the circle of his ways, that close commune with God, that brings you into a point of partnering in his tobe, partnering in his in his uh, measure of divested authority as an ayin, um, wanting to partner with God and going in the steps forward into new horizons of grace to grace, and all that entails with supplication and sacrifice and yielding yourself to God, there's a difference between those things and simply dwelling in a place that you can feel the Spirit of God. They're all good. But, you know, I think in this year of great favor and in the past few years, the fire of the Lord has tested His saints. We've been in the crucible of of God's testing. Our faith is being forged in fire at the right hand of God. What does it mean? Your faith is as fine gold in the fire. What does that mean? If faith is, and it is, being at the right hand of God and hearing him and believing and going forth on behalf of what he says there, what does it mean to have that tested in the fire? Well, it basically is that you're being purified again and you're becoming more more precious and for for the task of what the right hand of god is requiring we've been in that we've seen trusted icons of the faith fall away some of them to serve the demonic we've seen lots of different things i don't need to delineate them some of you are being tested right now. New, new demands in your social circle, new demands in your family, comparisons with other places, um, the expectations of family members, the expectations of work environment, even challenges that as the Spirit of the Lord is moving within you, Areas that you've not submitted to God and that are rising up, demanding their place at the table, iniquities as it were. We're all facing those things. And you know, uh, with every step forward, it's just like at the table of communion. The bitter sop there is something that God utilizes prophetically to touch the places where you might be vulnerable as you go forth from the table of what? Grace. With his word, with his identity as your place in the body, with your willingness to partner with something that has not been done before. There's no leaven in it. Imagine that. A church saying, we're going to do something that's in the Lord that's not been done. We're not going to rely on our old shtick. 
I'm, I'm stunned by that still. The economy of God is a strange currency. But, you know, the point is that we're all in this place. As we approach this time, this window of opportunity, uh, that in God's timetable, that I don't know how long it will be open before the night comes. Um, but we've got to work, for it is surely coming. We've got to be prepared for it. We've got to be ready to go and to do. And in some ways, I feel great anticipation. In other ways, I feel a sense of great humility because, like Moses said, we don't know where we're going, but we must have your presence. And, you know, the thing that came to us at the beginning, which is the, the, the law of first issuance in the scripture is something important. A first thing that God does is important. Um, his presence is really what overwhelmed us at the beginning and remained in full force for several years. It was God's timing. It's the way God does things. We are, we, we are overwhelmed by him and, and therein we, we learn, we submit. And the reason it lasted so long was that God was forming this calling and he was giving people the opportunity to choose. And then he didn't go away. But what he did was he started to expect us to partner with that presence in the ways that are scriptural. There were demands placed upon us in those times of prayer, in those times of being in him. There were times where challenges came. And we had to process those uh, while still trusting in him and spending the time we needed with him. There were times when he hid his face and we had to search for him. There were times when tremendous opposition came against us and threatened us. And it was his presence that carried us. That's a, the presence of his partnership. And, you know, it can, become, it can become common to us, just like any other thing can. You know, you see the disciples walking with Jesus for over three years. The audacity of some of them to contest what Jesus said had to happen. Familiarity really can breed contempt. Those 250 plus princes that came to Moses and said, you know what? You taught us, you trained us, but you take too much on you. We hear from God just as you do. Danger. Miriam and Aaron, God calls them out. 
What in the world are you two thinking? I know this man face to face. I speak to him as a friend. Who are you? Doesn't God love everybody? Of course he does. But every person has their role to play in God, and you respect the role. You respect the office. And, you know, it, it's... It, this is not like growing in the corporate ladder. You grow in the Lord. Promotion comes from Him. And so, we've, we've faced a lot of unique experiences in this pathway of His presence. And it's, it's been a, a good thing, a wonderful thing. And we... We absolutely know that he is with us. But the overwhelming nature of his presence is something that we need to delve into in a deeper way. I believe that his spirit is inviting us. I, I believe that it's something that we all need to to seek after. But the first thing we have to do is evaluate. Now, I could get into preaching here. But, and as a pastor, it would be easy for me to do because I see my own people and I, I know the various factors that are influencing them. They're good people. I'm not talking about them being sinners. I also have seen it in the network. And the thing we need, not from entertainment value, not from the latest, slickest, greatest manifestation thing that we can all write home about, but from the heart of God, we must have His presence. Now, that's the thing about abiding. Write this down, remember it. The essence of abiding is you standing on earth. Look at the word itself. The presence of God comes so that you can bear fruit on earth according to what his will is in heaven. And through that then, throughout the ages to come, wherever God places us, Therein we have to stand. Abide is really a euphemism for the Peretz Peratz theme of the Old Testament. It's the stand in the gap. And it's not just feeling. It's partnering in that feeling and producing. Fine line between Elohim and Yahweh. That's always the way God works. And, but we, we must have his presence. You know, it's, it's the age-old battle. Some people just want his presence, but when you ask them to do anything, no, 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 I just want to love the Lord. Some people want to do, and they don't have time for waiting on their face before God. Oh, let somebody else do that. I hire people to do that. My management skills are to create 
and to move forward. Manage the think tank of what these intercessors generate. Now, true, there are those who have proclivities one way or the other. Some are more lovers than they are warriors, some are vice versa. But we have to be both. And so if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you ask what you will and it shall be done. <laughs> We've got to be in him, but the word has to be in us. And the word is always doing something. I know I'm all over the map here. I'm going to bring it, I'm going to bring it on home now. I want to ask our Saints Network, I want to ask this church here in Dallas, as we come into this New Year's weekend, Saturday morning we have our prayer time. I would love for as many of you who are in town who can be here to come and pray. Sunday morning we'll meet at 11 o'clock. I'm not sure exactly what the Lord is wanting from us on that New Year's Day. It won't be a long service, but it, it'll probably be very different than what we're used to. This is going to be a weekend of consecration and dedication. But most importantly, it's a weekend where we, in a measure of evaluation, are willing to submit ourselves to God and to ask him for his presence to where we can commune with him every day and where we don't abandon this systeme point, this terio point that God has given to us. We have to commune with God throughout our daily walk from our homes, wherever we live, but we have to be faithful. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Livestream is great, but it is not a replacement for checking in at this post. And this is the one that was instrumental. I'm not the only one. There are a lot of pieces to this. But the live stream was an, a highlight, an agenda of this church that, as the leader stood firmly behind and insisted upon it coming to be. So I'm not denigrating the live stream, but COVID restrictions made us lazy. They just did. We think we can have lazy boy assembly and benefit just as much. And you say, well, what good does it do? I go and I hear the pastor preach and we say hi to everybody and we sing maybe a little bit and then we go home. Well, if that's all you do, I can see maybe your point. But is that all you're supposed to do? I don't think so. You've been trained. You, you've, you've partnered with God's angels. You, you need to be transacting business in the kingdom and glorifying God in this place. And if you're not doing that, you might as well stay home. I'm not faulting people to tuning into live stream. Don't get me wrong. But, man, I mean, it's if I was a baseball manager and I didn't know whether I was going to have three players show up for nine positions or 
softball field four for ten positions from week to week. So you have to do like one of those all-star games, those those traveling Harlem Globetrotter-esque softball teams where you have four guys and they play all the positions on the field. That's wild, but that's not that's not what should happen. Your place is empty if you don't fill it. But the most important thing of all is cherishing his presence. I mean, not just saying, oh, I love it when God's presence is there. Or we're really saying when I feel his spirit. The presence of God, the, it's the same word as the face of God, panim. It's the ways of God. And we come, let us reason together. And I know this. This body here in Dallas, we we have been amazingly blessed. God wants to take us into a, a new dimension of him. And we have to want that. Um, if, if his presence does not go with us, we're not going from here. That's another way to say this. I also know that as we go into the nations, we've already scheduled a major um, outreach in Brazil for the very beginning of June, last part of May, very beginning of June. We've got excitement down there. We have churches and hundreds of people that are mobilizing even now for this time. It may be thousands. I don't know. And that's really not germane to the conversation. But the point is, we've got a lot of things to teach. We've got things to impart. We're not going to lack for stuff to fill the agenda. And they'll love it. But none of it will matter, really, in the lasting measure of what God wants to do if His overwhelming presence is not with us. We must have him. And that's the essence of grace. You know, I, I love this, the grace in thy sight, that that authority, that 70 authority being able to represent God according to his vision. That is so important. Then we've studied this in the past, but Jesus called the 70. There was, you know, Moses had the 70. Those were kind of like they were sent out to go before. We, we have to have that mindset that as people who are partnering in God's presence, God gives us his vision. Our desire to, sometimes it means going first into the place and setting things in motion, but in principle it means committing to the vision, taking responsibility as intercessors and as partners with God for the vision. And here's another thing. Um, 
His presence wants all of you. Not a portion. Not a tenth. The whole heart. And I only you know how that plays out. I'm speaking to myself as well. We must have his presence. Exodus 33:15, if your presence does not go with me, we're not going up from this place. Um, I, I think that's so interesting. I just, I just feel, I just feel it. I feel it so deeply in my spirit. It's like a beckoning from God. And, you know, that carry us, carry us is a, is a term that is upward motion. It, it denotes an ascension into a higher place. It's, it's used in the Bible to talk about departing in a northerly direction. It speaks about the flying of a bird, the springing up of plants, the preference of one thing over another, the offering of a sacrifice. All of these things is the carry up and the, and the, um, the onus of that is us. If we're not willing to, to really leave where we are and go forward or to shed things that are holding us here. See, that's another thing. We were talking about this a bit on radio yesterday. Um, When God's presence came and touched this place in a miraculous way, we were willing to surrender our rights to just about everything and the most important things God preserved he gave us much more than we shed but there are things in our lives now that weren't in existence back in those days obligations commitments preferences that are all new. Maybe as our domicile has developed, our families have grown, our responsibilities and our business have manifested, even ministry. We, even as we get older, there are things that we value more than we used to. New valuations. We've got to lay those before the Lord too. It wasn't a one-off. It's because you canceled HBO and burned all your rock albums and, you know, said goodbye to playing Rook on Saturday nights with the Lakewood Friends. Just because you did all those things, those were important then. What are those facets now in your life? Now, granted, we did everything back then as if as if it was a life or death that had to be now in the measure of authority and what you've learned it is still imperative but you don't need to knee jerk things and then say oh you know what i went too far i did it out of i did it out of my desire to fulfill the lord 
um, the Lord's command. Now, you you know what I mean. What is there that is pre preeminent in your life? Some of you can look in the mirror and not even recognize it, like the emperor's new clothes. Something else, I, and I'm not even going to mention because some people will say, oh, he's preaching at me now. Maybe somebody needs to. And the reason I'm coming at this, you know what Brownsville did when we first went there? Every night you would hear salvation messages to church people who were bobbing and weaving under the glory of the Lord. Get right with God. Surrender. Come to the altar. Repent. If you want, you got to lay something on the altar for this fire to come. That whole message was repent. And that's the message of the friend of the bridegroom. Repent. Be baptized. That is part of every step forward in grace. There is always going to be, if we're going to be refined, you letting the fire touch something and burn it away. One of the main things is complacency. Another of the main things is maybe some of you, you'd never admit this, and the only reason I'm saying it is because I know it's knocked on my door. The feeling that somehow you committed yourself to the Lord, and he let you down. Oh, we're really good in the recesses of our mind in drumming that up. Oh, we'd never admit it. We don't think about it too hard, but there it is. And God sees it. Maybe you need to get the spade out and shovel a big hole and bury that thing. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And that's the problem with expectations, earthly expectations, when reality, and often reality, does not meet those expectations. Then people respond with rejection, bitterness. They're going to attack. But we can survive and still have the wounds of those conflicts. And they let you know. Those dogs are barking. And you got to surrender that to the Lord. I, I look at things here and I see so many glorious ways that God's Spirit has moved. Miraculous things that God has done. There, there, there are so many of them. So many of them. But even with that, there were things that I thought should have happened in a certain way. There are things that I question not doubt, but I question why things happen. One of the things that you can't really go too far with is what other people do. Because what you know they could have become, it's up to them before the Lord. And if they fell away or if they went away, you can't look at that as God failing you. What is that to thee? Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Trophimus I left in my leadum sick. Those things are in the word. You, you love people, but you've got to move on. Lot choosing to go another direction. You've you got to move on. 
you bless them, but you got to move on. So even those things need to be laid before the Lord. And I believe that this week, as we calendrically leave this current year and go into this year of breakthrough, I don't know what kind of dream, if God chooses to, God will give me. Two years ago, I saw Elohim. Last year, I saw great favor. I don't know what this year will be. I think we already have the word as to what it is. But we've got to be ready for it personally. And we've got to ask specifically for his presence, for him. We need him in a greater way than we've ever known him. There's always more of God. Not that there's anything wrong with what we've known in him. It's all him. But we need more. And if his presence isn't going with us and ahead of us, we're not going out of this place. We're just not. We we have a, a mission to make disciples. And I was thinking, as I've been prayerfully putting on scratch pads, think pads, um, what our agenda is for many nations for this coming year with the calendar, uh, many places, many things that we need to be ready for. But particularly Brazil, I, I, I thought, okay, we can do this on these days. We can do this. We, we should do this. These should be our topics. This is how we do it. We need to have intercessory groups. We need to have impartation sessions. We need to have demonstrations of, of prayer times where we then teach people what they've done, what it means. We're going to have to be very concise and we've got to move through this. But yet, none of that is going to accomplish, no matter how scriptural, no matter how obedient we are, if his presence isn't there. That's the most important thing. That's it. We must have him. So I ask you to join me. I am in, in need of this in a greater way than any of, any of you. I ask you to join me as we go through this week. You don't have to wait till Saturday. We come together or wherever you're going to pray on that Saturday or Sunday, however you're doing it, make sure I implore you that you lay yourself before God and that you sincerely, humbly, obediently to his scripture, ask him for his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is the completion of his task. It's a joy set before us. The fullness comes. The tobe is already with us. The, the, the measures of grace and mercy are already with us. But 
we we must have that ongoing visitation of his spirit and the presence of God. Yes, the visitation, but the presence, that partnership with his ways, that devotion to his tobe, the, uh, the authority and the responsibility of his grace and the commune of his mercy, but his presence. His presence, write this down, Denise, his presence is the essence. Without it, we can do nothing. So I speak blessing over you in this new year and that these days of leaving 22 and going into 23 would be fruitful. I ask that whatever you need in this hour, God would release that to you. Some of you are in physical need at this very moment. May the Spirit of the Lord fill the place where you are and may life be infused into your body. May you be well and whole in the name of Jesus. I rebuke sickness. I take authority over any measure of, of demonic activity that has been uh, coming against you. I come against fear. I speak life and health. And I rebuke fever, I rebuke congestion, I rebuke debilitating injury, I rebuke um, the nagging pain of conditions in your body, I rebuke misfunction and dysfunction, and I speak health and life, wholeness. May Jehovah Rophe touch you, for God loves you. It's his covenant, it's his promise. But he wants you to be whole and well because he needs you in this most crucial of all times in the history of mankind. I firmly believe that. I speak those blessings over you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you, everybody. I promise that once we get into this new year, I'll stop being such a meanie. <laughs> but we don't we don't have enough of that voice here to really call us into an account. And we all need to stand at the bar of the Lord <clears throat> that we would be made ready. Happy New Year again. This Saturday, to my congregation, please come at, at whatever time you can in the morning or, or any time that day. Sunday morning, 11 o'clock service. Um, and uh, to all of you in the network, find your specified time of prayer, but let's all 
implore our Father for the presence of his heart that he longs to give. You have not because you ask not. So let's ask. Happy New Year. God bless you. Goodbye.